diamonds in my teeth, I got a lot of strength. Running up the number, that's a lot of crime. Try to take it from me, must be out your mind. I'm deep, lot of sun. Smoky in the air, that's a lot of pine. Welcome to episode 237 of 4th and John. I'm Gail Saunders here with Evan Hollywood Hearn, Prime in the building, Chris Malley, and Mr. King Cade over here. Um, obviously, you, 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 you get very emotional about catching L's in prime time, you know, as we lost to the Bucks last night. But then you also get emotional when some of your, you know, most beloved Eagle players get traded. Uh, Zach Ertz has been traded to the Arizona Cardinals for a fifth round pick and Tay Gowan. Obviously, we're all feeling this picture. Uh, we all pretty much can agree that we feel the same way after, uh, you know, seeing, seeing Zach Ertz pour his heart out um, about this, about the city, about the fans, about what it's like playing in Philadelphia. You know, some players you just can't. Some players just get the city and they understand what it takes to uh, become a fan favorite. Uh, and Zachers is one of those guys. You'll remember him scoring a touchdown in the Super Bowl, giving uh, 100% effort throughout his career. Um, you know, he's been in the city for so long that it's, you know, it, it's just, it is what it is. Zachers, tight end one, it's been a thing for a while. So obviously, uh, it de- definitely sucks seeing him go out the go out the door like that and you know when you, you it's almost like a breakup right you, you want you want to see your person succeed some people aren't like that but you know you want you want to see them succeed he's he's going to a better team uh 5-0 and Arizona Cardinals um but uh I mean overall how are you guys feeling I mean it, it, it sucks so uh, you know again you, you grow you grow, you know, so much with these guys, you know what I mean? The guy was on the team for nine years, his family, um, you know, it's like a, you know, piece of the family just walks away and, you know, it, it's a shame that things didn't work out, you know what I mean? It didn't plan out the way that, you know, he wanted it, uh, what most of us fans wanted it, but, you know, at the end of the day, it's part of the business, you know, that's what it is, it's a business. Um, you know, I definitely wish him nothing but the best, um, definitely appreciate his time here in Philly, everything that he did, all the contributions that he's made, especially in that Super Bowl. And, I mean, he was one of the main reasons why we ended up getting that ring. Um, so, you know, I thank him. And, you know, and all things aside, everybody knows how I am about Julie Ertz. You know, I definitely miss her. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, I, it, again, it is what it is. Um, you know, I just uh, – I'm glad he's going to a contender. Um, and I'm pretty sure Arizona's going to go ahead and get the best out of him. Um, they, they got an upgrade in the tight end position. And, you know – Arizona fans appreciate this dude because he's really going to come through for you guys. Now, Chris. Yeah, uh, I mean, I'm wearing Zach's high school jersey that luckily I got signed this summer when Gail and I had the pleasure of meeting him. I mean, Zach's an all-time eagle. He's one of my favorite players and just true professional. I mean, he had that uh, farewell uh, press conference a little bit earlier, and he just – the guy just – wears his heart on his sleeve. He said all the right things. He always did the right things. And um, he really just always gave 100% for the city, and that's why we loved him. I mean, without him, we don't have all the Super Bowl stuff around our houses, and, and like, Tim doesn't have that shirt. You know what I mean? Like, Zach is – he is a foundational part of this team. Like, him and Kelsey, like, it's going to be sad seeing all these guys go. And it's just really frustrating, though, because it just seemed like – his issues were never with like the team or the city. It was just the front office and the whole off season. It was like, maybe it was like him uh, going. And then like, we were getting tips this week that he was going to be traded. I I put on the timeline yesterday that Arizona was a likely destination. And then you see him posting all like the kind of eerie posts yesterday. And then it was just fitting though, that he got to have his last game uh, at the link and he scored a touchdown. So I know that, something that he really holds special. I mean, it's just unfortunate, man. I mean, no value really makes you happy about losing a guy like Zach Ertz. He's such a – like, this is a team that's really young, and it lacks 
um, and any, any identity. But the one thing that we do hold really uh, close to us is the leaders. I mean, you got Kelsey to stay. You got um, Lane Johnson to stay. I hope hopefully he comes back and we're just doing really well. We're hoping the best for Lane. But when you lose a guy like Zach Ertz in the locker room, it's really unfortunate. I mean, because these, these are, this is a young team and he's a guy people look up to as a mentor. And I just know that I think he's going to go to Arizona and ball out. I hope the best for him. I mean, Kyler Murray in that offense is getting a really good leader and a really good player. So just wishing the best for him. He did a lot for the city on and off the field. I know this is his home. His charities are here. So I'm just hoping the best for Zach and hopefully that uh, someone in our locker room steps up for him. Now, Tim. Most definitely, man. Um, you know, to piggyback off both, both what Prime and Chris said, um, he's such a good dude, man. And it was – I'm just glad that it, the ride out was like this. It wasn't like the mess when he was crying and then, you know, you see him last year on the field with, I think it was Jason Kelsey and Carson Wentz. Um, he went out on top. He, he scored a touchdown. He scored his last game at the link. Too bad he didn't get that football back. He, they spiked it so hard. Um, but man, he, you know, he, he, he wears Philadelphia on his chest and he'll, he's a Philadelphia legend. You gotta, you know what I mean? If it wasn't for him doing that diving, the diving jump and the, and the touchdown and hitting that in the Super Bowl, we wouldn't even, we wouldn't have this. We wouldn't. Um, he's, now he's coming to the heat where I'm at. <laughs> so, um, man, I wish him the best. I'm, I, I know him and Jordan Hicks are like really good friends. They, he was here this whole entire summer rehabbing, and he had the surgery and everything like that. He was actually staying with Jordan Hicks. Um, those guys, they, they're, they're somewhere, uh, I, I believe they're up north uh, with Scottsdale. So, that, you know, that's, that's the glitz and glamour part of Arizona or Phoenix. And, um, yeah, man, I just wish him the best, bro. Um, I got wind of it that he was going to get traded on Monday. And I said it, and, and then the cryptic tweets, and then I was just like, man. Um, but I just want to put it out like this. Hey, Howie's not done. <laughs> Howie's not done. So put your seatbelts on. It just seems going to be a little different. Now we're down only down to 10 guys from the Super Bowl. <laughs> Don't be surprised if it goes down. You muted, Gail. This guy. I've, I've had, I've had that graphic ready for a minute. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, you know, players that were on the Super Bowl team or, and who's left. It's kind of depressed when you look at it. Um, but again, it is it is always re, it, it, is, it is always a reality when there's you have to move on. Um, and it's tough to move on from really good players. You know, and us being like crazy Eagle fans, we're always talking about getting value for players. And, you know, like, could you got this value earlier or um, but after hearing Zach Ertz talk about his his, his last game playing in, in a you know, last season, and for it to end on that note, he decided he's like, you know, that he said that sucked. He's like, I didn't want to end it like that. And the fact that you, get, you scored a touchdown last night, had some fun, um, and got to do it in front of the home crowd, I think that's special. But it is what it is. I mean, like this this Eagles this Eagle team has problems, uh, and we're we're trying to figure that out I, I guess you know we are going to move on from Zach Ertz he, not moving on in our hearts but we are moving on uh, as we talk about this football team because here we are two and four how does that sound it's not good it's not good but this is also like I feel like the hard part of our schedule is really front-loaded I think that we're playing most of the hardest matchups early in the year I was expecting to really go down um you know I, I wasn't expecting two and four or anything in particular but versus the bucks versus the super bowl defending champs i know there was a lot of people that were real upset about that loss last night and honestly i just looked at it as like that wasn't a game i was going in there expecting to win um don't get me wrong the play calling could have been handled differently um i didn't get to say my piece on zach Ertz either i mean that's that's uh it's a bittersweet moment man because uh i i always try and look for the silver lining and everything and I'm not just looking for our asses as Eagles fans. I mean, I love Zach. I I um, respect everything he did as an Eagles. I'm happy that he's going to a winning team. I'm happy that he he's going to a team that I think has a legit chance at a uh, at a run this year. So uh, I'm I'm happy that he he's heading there 
um, and maybe he's able to, you know, get another ring on his finger. Um, but th this is one of those things that I feel like we've already mourned for. Uh, we've had, we've had shows uh, over the past <laughs> few months where we're talking about, you know, this is probably going to be uh, Zach Ertz's last week. This is going to be his last month. Like we've been talking about this, uh, something we hadn't had anticipated this year. Um, I think with Noah Tagai being signed uh, earlier this week, that was kind of a precursor for all this going to uh, happening. And uh, yeah, I'm kind of I'm kind of interested to hear what Mr. Kincaid has to if he has any little nuggets to share about how much more interesting this can get. Any any players you want to throw out there that might be a potential, uh, maybe like an Allen Robinson. Miles Jack, yeah. Yeah, look out for him as well. Um, and look out, look out for some more um, defensive ends. We're, we're looking to add another defensive end. Yeah, they I made a call for uh, Cleveland Farrell from uh, Vegas too. Yeah, they're not happy with Ryan Kerrigan. Uh, he's been no. Call, so they're not happy with him. Um, or Barnett. <laughs> or yeah, oh, they're, they're, they're super disappointed in Barnett. Yeah. Um, he he won't. Yeah, the whole Alan Robinson thing that, like, Tim, you and I had talked, but, like, it's funny because when you and I talked, like, we had not talked. We were hearing from different people, and it just made sense because I, I, I mentioned it before the season even started. Like, he's on last year of his deal. They're not going to keep him. Uh, they love Darnell Mooney, and they want to have a young core going forward, and it just made a lot of sense. I mean, obviously, Alan Robinson's not from Philadelphia or Pennsylvania, but he played for Penn State, and I know that he loved – just the energy playing in that stadium. And there's just been a lot of stuff going on. Like, yeah, like he'd be down to come to uh, Philadelphia. And then it just makes sense because right now the Eagles have about $23 million in cap. And it's going to go up astronomically in the offseason. So maybe regardless of who they think the quarterback's going to be in the future, having a guy like Allen Robinson changes a lot because he is a pure number one wide receiver. This is a guy that – he doesn't really get compared with the likes of, like, the Devontae Adams, the DeAndre Hopkins. But if you look at the numbers, look at his statistics, the, the separation, and he never drops the ball. Like, he's a special player. And if you add him to this team and you can buy low, it would be beautiful. Right. And to piggyback off that, um, it looks like they want somewhere around a third, a third-round pick. Um, yeah, because that's the comp they would lose if uh, yeah. he got if he walked. Yep. So that's something where we can, I think, the Eagles can go. And I think it, I, from my sources, it looks like it's going to happen. It's just, we just got to hope that Howie don't mess this up and try to pull something stupid. Also, another name that might not be on this team, Jalen Rager. So it, it, which is super crazy to me. They're, mm. they're, not, they're not excited about him either. I think a lot of it has to do with the off the field issues that he's doing, um, you know, Going back and forth with fans, um, talking a lot, uh, yeah. And then also the snap count. You seen the snap count? Look at Quez Watkins. He is yeah. balling out and he's outperforming Jalen. And Jalen was a first round pick. Quez was like a sixth, seventh round pick. You know, you got to do the math on that one. Mm, uh, I'm, I'm hoping like they bring in Miles Jack because um, I mean after after watching the uh, the linebacker play, it's it's it's, it's really time. To start paying attention here. Oh, you think you think we should finally start respecting the linebacker position? Yeah, we, we've we've only been crying for that since the dawn of this podcast. Yeah, uh, I mean, I, I mean, overall, I mean, let's just start talking about the game. You know, like obviously, uh, obviously, you know, prior to the game. I was on another podcast and people were asking me um, like what I thought about a prediction. I don't, I don't know really like to give score predictions, but 35, 21 was my prediction. Mm -hmm. And it, it was just a matter of if this offense could actually keep up. And again, we're, you know, we're seeing the play calling, as I like to say, two pack ass. Uh, it's been that way for, 
you know, we're, we're, we're talking about six quarters, like, and the fact that Miles Sanders, it's just unheard of to get one carry in a half for a, he's your number one, he's your RB one. You could go from high school, college to what, like any level, your RB one should never get one carry in a half. We've seen him get what three what three carries in the Cowboys game? Or is that two? Right. Two carries in the Cowboys game, and going into the on, in the Panthers game, we're in the mid mid third quarter. He's got five carries. Like it's it's the fact that they can't get him going is very concerning. And I, it, it kind of makes me wonder when, while we're on the conversation of all this trade talk, it seems like they really don't value Miles Sanders. Um, I think that he is an excellent running back to have, and I don't want to get rid of him uh, before I say this, but personally, I'm thinking about Howie Roseman and how this team's operating. If they think that he doesn't really fit in this offense, why would you not try and get some value for him? Um, I mean, Miles Sanders is a guy I feel like could get a really solid return, uh, whether it be picks or, like you said, like a, a Miles Jack or, or whatever, a, a linebacker that could come in here and help our defense. Um, yesterday, yes, yesterday we were watching the game together, me and Gail. Uh, we started off on one part of 235, and then we worked our way to a lower section of 235. And then when we got closer, it was just like we saw everything just pretty much falling apart. These guys weren't running their routes correctly. They were, like, all over. They were confused. I felt like we were seeing the same three plays every damn mm-hmm. drive. And then today somebody uh, – it's probably one of the best posts that I've seen going, you know, with this season, the way it's playing out. Somebody had three tech mobile plays that I swear to God, I felt like were the plays that we're rolling with. <laughs> like it's so predictable. It's the same three. The frustration yesterday seeing Miles Sanders being used at the last quarter in the last quarter. Uh, I mean, the la- yeah, like the last quarter. And you saw what he could do. You saw the damage he's able to do. Please, like, help me understand what is the deal. Like, why are we not utilizing this man in a better way? I mean, Gail, I don't want to steal your line because, you know, this is all yours. I mean, the man has a patent and everything. But that two-pack of ass offense yesterday was ridiculous, man. I mean, it was it was bad, man. It was bad. And, and I was telling him, when, you know, when we went back to the parking lot, the thing that's keeping me at ease right now is thank God for these tailgates and these road trips that we've been having. Because other than that, this this team fucking sucks, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, well, it, it took a few weeks to, for, like, I feel like the fan base to come to grips for that. But, like, I feel like we're all there now. Like, we kind of realized that this team, we're not a contender right now. And that's the confusing part for me is everyone that is freaking out about losing to Tom Brady yesterday. It's like, Dude, it's Tom Brady and the Bucks. They won the Super Bowl last year. Gale said himself, he, was, he, was, he expected to lose 35-21. to 21. I had us losing going into that game. And then when the result is actually lost, people sit here and they're like, how could this happen? Yeah. <laughs> what do you mean? Like, <laughs> well, I do think there's a certain level of, uh, you know, when you start to get close and they, you're looking at the way the game's being called and you're like, there's an opportunity. Um, but like going back to three home games now that we've been to more and more people seem to be giving up on this football team. Yes. Uh, we, 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 you know, we saw people walk out, um, you know, in the, in the fourth quarter of, uh, you know, the first, first game of the year, mm-hmm. for the 49ers, Casey, you know, they're up, you know, 10 fourth top of the fourth quarter. You're like, oh, we got we got some time. Now I'm I'm literally watching the Eagle fans leave at half, well at half or beginning of the third quarter, and I'm like, and and I was thinking in my head, like, cause again, I'm just, I, I never try to like fan police or anything, but like when we were up, you know, the momentum was sort of shifting a little bit. I was like, what would this crowd be like with the maybe in, maybe fifteen more thousand people, twenty more thousand people, because that you look around and people had left. Mm-hmm. So it was just, you know, we're starting to get to an area where, like, again, you know, some people were like, why, why, why would you even watch? Like, I see some fans like, I turn the game off. I don't, because it's a part of like, again, if you, if you, if you're trying to be like, 
evaluate team. It's, it's an evaluation process, and I'm sure that's where the Eagles are with their QB1 at the moment, uh, evaluating the talent on the team. But I, it can be frustrating evaluate, when you want to see guys like Miles Sanders get involved, who mm-hmm. got involved at the very end of the game and cracked off runs. And it got to the point, this is where it's how weird it is that it, Eagle fans are, you know how petty we get, we're giving standing ovations when we wow, run the ball. Touch the ball, yeah. Everyone starts clapping and cheering. It was it was like something big happened. No, he got one carry and everyone exploded in petty cheer. And then it's 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 really weird right now. Yeah, it, it really is. Yeah, it was just there's so much too much to say about that game last night. I mean, the four of us were there. We were tailgating before. Great vibes there. Then you get into the game and. It was great energy, and I think the players knew that. And I think the energy of the crowd and just, like, that veteran leadership, like guys like Zach Ertz, that's what kept them in the game to make it even within remotely close because if you don't have leaders like that on the field to keep the young guys up and say, hey, like, listen, like, I don't give a shit what the score is. Like, we're at home. Like, you can't just uh, fall on your knees and, and uh, give up. Like, that's what kept them fighting, though. I mean, like, that's that was, like, the one frustrating thing because, like, it's a multitude of things that's wrong with this team. They have to run the ball. It, it's, it really is. It's not even a high school offense. It's not a college offense. It's like a middle school offense. It's like you're just telling little Timmy and Bobby, like, hey, like, you see the you grab the ball, and he's like, run it or throw it. Like, it, it, there's no organization. But the frustrating thing, though, is with the passing plays, Jalen has to make the plays because if you're at the games, if you're looking at the film, there's people open, and we know that he's throwing the ball high, he's throwing the ball low, he's throwing the ball the ball outside. The uh, pick to Quez Watkins, uh, Quez is going to be a great teammate and say, hey, like I can go up and try to block it, but that was a major turning point in the game when we're ha- struggling to throw the ball for 5 to 10 yards, and then you take the deep shot, and the ball's inside instead of outside on Quez, and that turnover changes the game a lot. Uh, that being said, though, like it is putting Hurts and this offense in a very difficult position when they know you're throwing the ball. There's very little creativity, and like there's like nothing though. Like you would think that it, it it's literally the definition of insanity, just like of madness, just doing the same thing over and over again. And the fans, we're smart fans, we know it. Like people are cheering, run the ball. People literally know what the play call is gonna be before we even break the huddle. Like. That's a problem because you're not only versing an NFL defense. Like, Todd Bowles is one of the best defensive coordinators in the league. This man has you figured out. And then they have the players. That being said, I need to hats off for our offensive line. They did a tremendous job. I mean, we're missing two all-pro right guard, right tackle right now. And we're going against Ndamukong Sue, Vita Vea, who has just been throwing them beans around all season. And they Mm -hmm. held their own. Our our, we let up two sacks, and to be honest, like our line looked phenomenal. Like JPP was getting thrown one-handed by Jordan Milada, but in general, though, like it's one of those things where you had to tell fans, like it's not just the quarterback, it's not just the coach, it's not just this or that. Like it's not a good team; these are growing pains. But we gotta figure it out, and you have to make sure that you're not just throwing the game and flushing it down the toilet, like Jalen says. Watch the film, learn from it, talk to each other, come together as a group. Because if you're just going to flush it down the toilet, you're just going to, again, you're just going to find the same thing in the toilet. And it's the same shit every single week. And until you uh, until you figure it out and you try to be like, okay, like, how come I'm shitting so much? Maybe then the team can progress and learn from the failure. And that's how you become a better team. I heard, I heard a comment about that these guys need to look at the tape a little bit more, but... My thing is, Chris, is like, how much tape is it going to take? Because it seemed like Jalen just kept making the same mistakes yesterday. I agree. We were literally sitting over top of Jalen and watching, like, release the ball. As soon as you hiked that ball, there was receivers that were open from the grip. Wide open. Like, throw the ball. He's holding it. Then he gets clustered. And then he scrambles. And that line, they just kept on blitzing on him. They were right there. The damn screens, man. Like, it. Stop with the RPOs and the screens. The shit's not working. Throw the shit in the trash. Get rid of that part of the playbook. It's not happening anymore. They got to figure it figured out. Everybody has to figure it figured out. So it's, it's, just, it's frustrating, man. Like, it's really upsetting. Like, I, we, we could have lost our voice just screaming at Jalen to throw the goddamn ball. 
Yeah, but did, I don't did know what's you, up with this dude, man. You guys happen to see what was uh, trending on Twitter earlier today? There's a certain no. name. Harry Roseman? Mr. Chip Kelly. Oh, I, 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 the people were comparing Nick Sirianni to Chip Kelly. I guess it had to do with the, the fact that Zach Ertz is this star and he ends up getting traded away. And also, I guess you couple in the fact of predictable play calling. What do you remember most about uh, Chip Kelly's play calling? He had like, what, seven plays and different variations of them. And it made it very, very easy for defenses to figure out what the hell was going on. Um, I'm not by any means uh, comparing the two. I'm just letting you know that other people out there on the interwebs are connecting are. the dots there. They're the ones that, that are out there and the uh, the lines are being drawn, man. Like I, I, it to me, when I see him being compared to Chip Kelly, who is notoriously one of the most hated people in Philadelphia history, um, you're, you're in the hot seat, bro. I hate to break it to you, but that's, that's hot seat. I mean, the, the theories that are, Good. Do you think if he if Nick Sirianni doesn't win over seven to eight games, he gets fired? I, they love him there, man. Uh, I I think yeah. Lori and Howie handpicked him because if you are a young head, like the dude was on vacation wearing like a swim trunk. Like if if you are a young head coach, your dream since you're a young kid is to be an NFL head coach. There's only thirty two positions in the world for that job. If they tell this guy, hey, man, you can be the coach, but we're going to be telling you things here and there, he's probably like, shit, yeah, I don't care. It, it's your, literally your dream job. That's why you're not going to get all these other veteran guys to come in here because they're like, I don't want to put up with that because you know it's true. There's too much smoke for there not to be a little bit of fire that the front office is influencing a lot of things. So uh, could there be enough fan outrage to get Sirianni out of here? Of course. But I think at the end of the day, Howie and Lori are, are usually the problems. I mean, I, th- I feel like they got their guy. Like, this is the guy that they could sink their teeth in. Yes. This is the guy that's not going to give them an issue. I mean, oh, I said it for the I said, this is the Fisher-Price head coach, my yep. first head coaching gig. And it's not, it's not a knock on Sirianni. It's just yep. the idea and the concept where you're, you're Howie and Lurie and, like, wh- which guy comes in here that we can have our way you know, it's what is it, Burger King, where you can have it your way. Yeah. Um, this is a they can have it their way. Like you, if you, you think of any other veteran head coach that would come in here, they have their parameters. Like, no, this is this this right here is off limits. You don't you do you do not mess with this. Um, there's no there's there's no limits. There's, they are the the no limit soldiers in that office. They're saying this is what we're doing. We're involved. Let's... And Gail, we and... talked about it. Jason Avant said on the podcast last week, like the front office has a lot more influence in Philadelphia than anywhere else. And he's just starting it out there because he's not trying to throw shade on the organization that he loved, that he loves and played for. But this is a front office where it is known. And they even put out a, um, a vote and they talked to agents and GMs and said, who is the least trustworthy GM? Howie Roseman got all the votes. And you hear it from different people. He is. He has his hands on a lot of stuff. I mean, that's uh, you know, it's, it's dysfunctional. You as a and, and I get it. If I was the owner, I I would I wouldn't want to have some say to. But if you don't know shit about football, stay your ass up out of there. Because at the end of the day, though, bro, like this is what's going on. Howie is basically saying, "Hey, I'm going to take the blame." Jeffrey is saying, "This is what I want." Like the whole passing shit, that's all that's all Jeffrey Lurie. He loves Yes. He loves it. So but for me though, you cannot just you can't just throw the ball sixty times, man. You're gonna put your quarterback in harm's way to the point he's gonna be, you know, we're gonna be talking shit out of to him and he's gonna be out of here. You this is this is this is Philadelphia. This is hard to play in front of us. You know, I, I, uh it's so frustrating. Oh God! Uh, I mean, just overall, you you just you start thinking about like, you know, the identity of this football team, uh, whether it be offense or defense. We talk about Gannon's defense being so um, conservative. Uh, it's a, a, a it, you know, we the whole idea of bending and not breaking, but or 
just having that presence, man. Like there's no, I couldn't, I can't tell you what, like dictating you want, you want, you want to see your offense dictating the game, or you want to see your defense dictating the game. Like it seems like we conform versus like dictating who we are as a, you know, uh, identity of a football team. So I feel like at the end of the day, like I still don't understand who we are getting back to Jalen, which is, I mean, he's the most important part of, you know, the, the team being the quarterback. Uh, I, I, they do not play to his strengths. Um, you know, there are some deficiencies in his game, but like, again, with any young quarterback, there's going to be those issues now playing to his strengths with a running game, with, play action, uh, making things look different. I keep saying it every week, window dressing, you know, formations. And the way that our offense is set up and the way that we line these guys up, what you see is what you get. And if you watch enough, I've I've heard many football players out there, ex-football players, talk about the Eagles offense and seeing the alignments and watching film. You should should know exactly what we're doing. And by – you know, putting J. Joe on the field or, you know, game well on the field or you like that. You, you can see that our screen game is figured out. It's 100% figured out. And like the one thing that I really realized after that Kansas City game and granted it's it's Andy Reid and he's, he's a really creative uh, play caller. But just watching him and all the creative types of screens that he was doing, the way that he's able to just get guys open, like. Nick Sirianni, like we've been saying, it's the same plays over and over and over again. It makes it way too predictable. Um, I, I feel like Nick Sirianni doesn't have it, – it could just be because he's got the, the Fisher-Price tag still on, but uh, he doesn't have that um, kind of creative play calling yet at all with it with his packages. It's, and it's resulting in the fact of – what do we have here? 115 passing yards. And uh, under uh, about 100 rushing yards, yeah. Yeah, 215 total yards yesterday. That's what was on that screen. Listen, let's cut all the bullshit. Nick Sirianni is getting double-fisted right now, all right? That's what he's doing. He's getting double-fisted right now. He's enjoying it because he ain't ain't doing anything to go ahead and change. He keeps on coming in here every week with the same shit. So it's just like we sit there and we're here supporting the team for what? (laughs) For what? To get the same outcome. It's like we can't get anything going, man. I mean, that first drive, I mean, look, me and Evan walked into that building and he said it, he pointed it out. The vibe, the feeling going into that stadium wasn't there. And I was hoping he was wrong. I'm like, nah, man, I got a good feeling. And fuck, I'm looking around. All right, I got a good feeling because nobody else got that feeling, but I got a good <laughs> feeling. I go in there after that first drive. Fuck, there goes my feeling. Yep. There goes my feeling. You know what I mean? Like seriously, and so I, 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 I thought we were going to get to the point where they were going to score on every single drive, like Kansas City basically did. It, right. it, re- it really felt like I was walking into a funeral in that game. And like, don't get me wrong, the, the pregame tailgate was lit. Uh, had a great time there. Walking into the stadium, it's just, I don't know, man. It's just, it's one of those like feelings that you can't describe. It's just within you. Uh, when we were when we were walking into the 49ers game. Uh, the one that we ended up losing when we were walking into that game, I'm telling you the the like energy level was off the charts. I was like, it was kind of one of those feelings. I feel like we can't lose today, even though we did, but like the feeling was there. I was walking in last night. I felt like I was walking into a funeral. I feel like everybody was hyped to be there watching the Eagles primetime game, but ultimately we're going up against Tom Brady and we all had the feeling that he was just going to, you know, drop it on us. <laughs> yeah. You know, the, just the, the I, you know, Nick Sirianni had his presser after, and I was like, I don't, I don't even want to hear what you have to say, because I mean, and I'm not trying to be like, you know, kill the coach here, but I'm just saying I don't, because it's it's at at this mo- You're moment. You're not trying to do what Drew Johnson wants to do. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying it's like, like whatever he's saying. <laughs> it, it's I don't I, I'm, I'm a little concerned with like all right how is this being perceived in the locker room like now you get to a point where you you know you start catching L's and you know players start start yeah. you know pointing fingers you know what I mean did you see did you see Devontae Smith walk into the locker room like yo he looked upset 
He was he was he was like, man, I'm sick of this shit. He asked what his exact words was. He's like, I'm sick of this shit. Like this shit is trash. He he walked in. Miles Sanders was like, man, he, he gave he had he had my man's jersey. He walked in and he's just like, like last game against the, against uh the Panthers. When he when he got the I think when he ran out of bounds was by accident. You know he did it twice. I get it. I understand. Don't don't force me for that. <laughs> the way he spiked the ball though, he's frustrated because this play calling is trash. Yep. I'm so tired of the RPOs, bro. We gotta get rid of that shit and quit lying to us because we're Eagle fans and we're educated. A run RPOs are not a run play. A run play is a run play. Quit that shit. That shit is not working over here. <laughs> it's not working. Over <laughs> here. You need to quit that shit, yo. For real, we will end up running your ass out of Philadelphia. Uh, now Julie has a comment: Is do I still even want to travel from Texas to Las Vegas next week? Yo, I mean, this, this, your boy. this is yeah. this this is Vegas. these are the vibes that I'm getting from Eagle fans I, are selling their tickets. Yeah, and... but let, let's be real: if there's one team in the NFL that's more of a train wreck than us right now, it's Las Vegas. No, but I'm saying the whole idea is like this. I'm hearing this a lot, lot from fans. Like, I don't want to travel to watch this team play. Yeah. You know, like I I am selling my season tickets for the rest of the year. Uh, prices are going down to watch an Eagles home home game. Like, that's not normal. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, it, you, you had a lot of those guys. Yeah. You, you know, shout out to the uh, West Coast Swoop Nation that ended up showing up at the tailgate yesterday. Rob. Rico, um, the ladies um, that were with them, you know, uh, Nick, and we had a couple other people from uh, Cali, from um, Sacramento or San Francisco, something like that. Um, yeah, man, but they were they they came in and they've been hyped up about Vegas. Some can't make it because of the fact that when that when that game first popped up, it was like at seven hundred. Those things dropped down to two hundred dollars, and, 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 and still dropping now. I get it, the whole vaccination thing. You know, we're not going to go ahead and touch on that subject, but we're talking about two both teams that both suck right now. Well, are going through a train wreck. I'm sorry. Because, you know, the Raiders are who everybody thought they were. And then John Gruden getting booted out of there. And then, shit, now there's probably definitely saying that about us. <laughs> well, I mean, I, 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 do, I do always I, – I look at – I try to, like, find, like, little things that you could, like, dissect and – the fact that you lose the right side of your offensive line, like losing Lane Johnson and Brandon Brooks, it's a it's a huge blow. You you, you lose um, Brandon Graham, huge blow. Um, you know you lose Isaac Suamalo. That's that, those are that's that's a huge blow. Um, but again, when you 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 start seeing them perform. And some of the younger guys, you know, their their backups are coming in and performing. It gets down to the little things, whether it be coaching. I mean, coaching is, I think, the the, the you know the biggest difference difference maker. Uh-huh. You know, I think some people are going. I think some people are now asking the question: like, is Sirianni Sirianni in over his head? Do Howie and Lurie dictate what he's doing on the field? Do they want to see him pass and put him in these situations where, because they want to see that what they can get the best out of him before they have to go ahead and try to bring someone else in here to take his job. So they're putting him in these situations to see what he does, putting him, you know, putting him in the fire. But I still think at the end of the day, you can put him in the fire, play to his strengths. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that that's kind of where I'm, do you feel like Jalen Hurts is being exposed at all? Or do you think it's just poor play calling? I just think all young quarterbacks have issues in their game, but you have to play to those strengths. Like, you know, like I just feel like just like Carson Wentz got gun shy a little bit after taking hits and, you know, not being comfortable with who's in front of him. You lose Brandon Brooks, you're not going to feel as comfortable as, you know, like Brandon Brooks is Brandon Brooks. Right. How many how many sacks has he given up in his time here? Yeah. And and you you look at the formula. I mean, not to take a note out of Dallas Cowboys playbook, but when Dak first got there, they ran the hell out of Zeke Elliott to assist Dak in his his progression, his growth, and uh, that's exactly the type of thing I think we should be doing with Miles Sanders. He's a good running back, and we should be leaning on him for Jalen Hurts' success instead of throwing the ball 
40, 50 times a game, man. It's not how you're going to win games with a, a young quarterback who hasn't even doesn't even have a full season under his belt uh, throwing the ball just way too many times in the game. Mistakes are going to happen. <laughs> um, if, if, if it was anybody that you – I mean, how would you want to talk, you want to talk about some positives on a on a on a Monday? Yeah, might as well. I mean, they, when I play when I it's play Friday, ball but... when I play ball and you you catch an L, the the the, the worst was watching the, the film in in front of your team and your coaches get because you knew where you messed up and you just hated to watch yourself get reamed and you're just like, oh, dude. No called out in front of the team and but this is monday this is what i guess you're supposed to call out the negatives on monday after no this isn't victory monday so any other negatives you guys want to point out um i got one or maybe two number one yeah NFL, for the nfl yo these taunting um penalties gotta yes. go this shit is yes. trash bro what is yeah. going on here this Some is football grown-ass men oh man this is crazy bro Gerard Avery really got a 15-yard penalty for getting up and just doing this. What happened to – every time Antonio Brown caught the ball, he did it That's every That's what I said. Time. I said that thing. I said Why that we didn't get that? Yesterday. Like, what the yeah. hell was that? I said, yo, you know I know I'm, I'm probably sounding real petty right now, but <laughs> that's a taunt. That man keeps on getting up and putting his chest out and talking about I call, that's a taunt. Is that not a taunt? And he did it three times. Thanks. All right? And then today I'm looking at some of the videos – we got pass interference called on us three times. Yo, they were all over our receivers yesterday. Rager, Watkins. I mean, these things, you pause it, and you see where their hands were at and where the ball was at. Too early. No calls. Then that lady, shout out shout out to the lady. Appreciate the females now doing their things as being referees in the NFL. But, man, you came from the end zone to go and overcall a referee that was literally in front of the play and said it was an incomplete pass. How the hell does that work? And then the head referee is going to go ahead and acknowledge it and, and, and make the call and say incomplete. What? What? What is going on, man? Okay, and then my number two is, my number two is, and this is positive. You see what happens when you run the damn ball? Do you see what happens when you run the damn ball? The offense opens up. Run the goddamn ball. That's all. <laughs> maybe, maybe he, uh, Sirianni's playing reverse psychology, and because My- Miles Sanders, anytime he touches this ball now, he runs fucking angry, man. He runs angry. So is that is that what he's doing? He's trying yeah, to deprive yeah, him of the ball I, just I, so he, I, he runs angry yeah. as hell. I see. I see oh. where you're going with this, Evan. That's yeah, I see where you're going. Are you I mad? See where you're going. Okay. Yeah. Another, yeah. another one. Is go run the ball. That was an interception. That was an interception. I don't care what nobody says. That was an interception by Marcus Epps. He he, yeah, he got his hands underneath him. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Shout out to him. Shout out to Alex Singleton. I mean, you look terrible in, in that, but that play, you did a good job. You know, and then uh, uh, J uh, JG. Where I came, terrible defensive coordinator. Uh. Yeah, I mean, he he. I guess it, I, it was like third and eleven, third and twelve, and he actually blitzed. I was happy yeah. with that. Yeah. Now, uh, now David has a comment here, uh, David Johnson. He says, just think and look at how other teams treat their young QBs and how they cater the offense to them. Josh Allen, uh, Justin Herbert, Baker, Lamar, Dak, and then look at us. I think, yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, they really have to look in the mirror um, when it comes to playing to your, your player's strengths. You can go from – you can play – you can go from Jalen. You can go from, you know uh, – Miles Sanders, you can like play into to our player strengths. It's like how how I've seen other things like oh maybe they figured out that Miles Sanders is, is a trash back. I'm like, did you see him break off runs? Like, why would that not be utilized in, in your offense or a part that is, you know, his game breaking speed? Why wouldn't you utilize that in this offense, which is struggling? And the fact that you can't, I, I can't, I can't get over. I, I, I lose sleep. I'm losing sleep now. Do you think it really comes down to the offensive line injuries? Do you think that he, he, he doesn't trust this offensive line pushing the D line forward or what? I mean, but it's basic. It's at the end of the day, it's like basic football. Like you, you still have to keep 
you know, defense is honest and you still have to, you can't, again, now you're dictate, you're letting the defense dictate to us because we can't, we can't run because no, like, I mean, you, you still have to run. You got to keep, you, you got to keep defenses honest. It's a, it's a good valid point, but at the same time, Evan, it's like Miles already proves that he could do it with the line that we have. Mm-hmm. Even last year. That. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and exactly. Last year as well. But I mean, like last night, I mean, come on, the minute he got that ball, you said it yourself. He ran mad. He's mad when he's running. You know what? Keep running the goddamn ball because he's mad. Yeah, exactly. All right. Exactly. He's so mad right now. And we let him blow so off some steam. Ball. Let him go. Let him go. <laughs> exactly, man. And look, the same thing. Devontae's now mad. Throw that boy the ball. All right. Because he he ended up getting I think I think he ended up messing up Sherman yesterday after two plays. And look, Sherman had to step out. All right. Yo, these these kids, man, they got the they got the ability to do stuff, but you gotta utilize them right. Nick, what what is going on? What is going on, man? Yo, and another bright star, man, Quez Walker. He wants the ball. He, mm-hmm. he's, a, he's different, bro. He's different. Like, he he's di- I, he just stands out like, yo, I want the ball. Give me the ball. And shout out to Gail for, you know, he customizes shoes. I, need, I, need I was, I was literally about to say, I was like, the, yeah, there was certain the, the pop-off of Quez Watkins kind of coincides with when he received those shoes. So, I'm, not, I'm not saying that was yeah, star thanks power, to Gail, man. but... They're like the uh, Jordans and like Mike. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I'm gonna need that. Thank you. I need that. Thank you for my man Gail. He needs you. Know no, I, I got. I got to thank you uh, in person when at the Eagles Autism Challenge. But um, I, I you know it's funny because I, I I bumped to uh, a, a Quez Walking stand like during tailgating. I was just passing out some beers to some folks. Shout out to Bud Light by the way uh, for the uh, you know for the beer at the tailgate and Conchi. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, he was just like over the moon. He's like Quez Watkins. I love Quez Watkins. He was like, I I, I have to meet him. And I, I he, just the love for Quez Watkins. I was like, man, I was like Quez Watkins in just a, a short year has become a fan favorite of a lot of people. I mean, because at the end of Great the day, story. This, yeah, I mean, but at the end of the day, this is what we're we're looking for from our team. We're looking for guys who consistently show up consistently um do the right thing when when their number is called they're making the catches um they're they're not saying anything they're just doing their job and a guy who has consistently showed up from every single practice we watch training camp to open practices to preseason to now the season that's just been his lifestyle so we're looking at other players on this team to do the same even even the, we're looking at the head coach. Like, can you be consistent with the play calling? I mean, is that m- too much to to ask? And again, if, if Quez Watkins is the the kids consistent award uh, winner, I think he's just been that dude this whole season. Mm-hmm. Especially with the deep balls, man. Especially with the deep balls. Yeah, Quez is balling out, man. I mean, like, we see it. When you're, when you're at the game, it's a little bit easier than seeing it on TV because the camera guy can just get so hyper-focused. But, like, man, these guys are open, man, especially Quez. And he just has that one for the ball. And Rager, man, he needs to step up in a lot of ways. But even without him last night, we're like, a lot of drives aren't happening because he had, like, what, like 90 yards in pass interference and should have had, like, a way more too, man. Like, they, our receivers were getting, like, they had like cornerbacks on their back, like backpacks last night. It was crazy all night, and even the Quez in the back of the end zone play, dude's literally just like right in his yeah, face, pushing one. him out of bounds. Yes, it's driving yes, me crazy, yes. man. And that's literally right in front of me in the end zone spot, and I'm like, it drives you crazy. But in general, though, like Devonta Smith's barely getting any targets right now, and like for weeks, Goddard wasn't even getting targets. Like they gotta get these guys the ball, and whatever's whatever we're doing right now isn't working. So you got to get creative, more mesh concepts. But, like, that's what's annoying, though, because, like, if they are worried about the limitations of Jalen's arm, screen passes don't work if you run 15-plus of them because defenders are just going to move up on that. You have to get creative. Uh, and then, like, and the problem is, like, they tried to do the pick plays, and then uh, Ward messed it up, and then it's like, all right, now we can't do it anymore. It's like, no, that works. Just don't have bad technique when you do it and don't make it obvious. 
Now, uh, David says, guys, when is the last time we ran out of single back formation inside the 10 yard line? Why are we running plays out of shotgun that close? I mean, that's just everyone. Everyone's kind of tired of that. Uh, on, on the last show, I mean, we mentioned how we need to put a stop to the the, uh, the, the flat routes inside the 10 yard line. All we're doing is moving backwards. I think we should add that to the list as well. Yeah. Uh, the shotgun runs. Yeah. Now, Will uh, has another good statement. Will Mallon, he says, I heard Ross Tucker say something very similar on the radio this morning. He said that Hertz is not uh, only being evaluated against this backup, his backups, but every free agent quarterback potentially next year, Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson. And I, I, do, I do. I really do feel that is the the vibe with this front office, I feel like. It just doesn't smell right, man. Like I, I feel like there's just internal struggle and, and just you know, I just I heard I heard something from uh you know, you know, thoughts from the inside about um just saying how much of a struggle it looks like on the inside right now. Especially offensively. What's going on, the struggles. The struggles are real. And I know just like what, what we're seeing and we're, we're thinking, that's what it's going on inside. So obviously they're concerned, you know, it's, it's, it's real. It's real. So, yeah. But you didn't see any bright stars that are the defense. I have to say one, and that was uh, Avante Maddox. He's been having, say, a, say. A, yeah, he's, <laughs> he's been having a good year. Uh, play recognition, man. He, Great year. He loved that play. He blew up that yeah. play. I mean, he got us off the field. Um, so I want to give a shout out to him, definitely. Yeah, we 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 me and Gail pointed that out yesterday. I mean, at one play with the with the long hair and everything, I thought it was Singleton that, that made the play, and I was like, okay, Singleton. And then Gail corrected me on it. Was like, nah, that was Tay Tay. I was like, okay, now I see the two. The hair was in the way, but yeah, uh, Tay Tay was definitely doing his thing yesterday, man. Um, he stepped up, and I remember that third down conversion that he ended up stopping. So yeah, that was that was big. Mm-hmm. I think everyone can agree with this um, thought here from Davey. He says, can we trust this front office to draft a linebacker in the first round? Like, you, you don't have to get him in the first round, but just make it a priority. Yeah, definitely yeah. make it a priority. No, I think, I think the key part of that statement, though, is the first three words. Can we trust? No, I can't trust this front office, bro. I can't trust them to do anything. Well, you, you think about Chuck Bednarik. You talk, think about Trotter. You think about, like, these guys – who manned the middle of the defense. And you think about our linebackers. Our, our, when, I, when I think about our linebackers, words that come across my mind are make tackles seven field, seven yards downfield, um, out of position. Small. Uh, small. Just, um, oh, I put, um, I tweeted out last night, I said, uh, Tom Brady is treating the middle of the field like it's 7 11 because that shit is always open. Always, though. <laughs> he, so he was this. He was. It was crazy, dude. It's just so bad because two years ago we were all on the same stream saying, "Take a linebacker." Logan Wilson's there. We didn't take Logan Wilson. He's already now a top ten linebacker in the NFL, and he's about twenty three, twenty four years old. Last year, we were saying, "JOK." He'll probably be a top 15 prospect because of a medical red flag that never existed, but because of COVID, they couldn't test him in time. He falls all the way to the second round. We're like, if you don't take him in the second round, you're nuts. He's a top 15 prospect. Right now, he's graded. He's been graded in the top three linebackers in the entire NFL, not rookies, NFL. And it is mind-blowing that it's just like year after year, they just always just don't take the obvious guy. And it's just like, oh, wait, that guy tore his ACL? He'll be good in three years. He's not even on the team. You take Clayton Thorson. Like, it's just like all these picks, man, and it compiles, and it compiles. And the, before that, the year before, a couple of years before that, I'm like, get Fred Warner, guys. Fred Warner's going to be a good dude. Fred Warner balling the hell out. Like, and you didn't even have to. You didn't even have to draft because he, he slipped in the draft. And, and they're, they're, I don't know, I think – uh, you're just gonna have to send your resume, Chris. <laughs> no, I mean it they just. Probably it, go- they probably googled my name and Howie, and like, nope, he can't be within like 50 yards of him. Yeah, I just, dude, I just want a big tough. body linebacker, man. Like you, you were mentioning guys like 
obviously Chuck Bednarik and Trotter, and but like JOK, like Chris Myers, like a big body linebacker that could just fill a hole, man. Like, Bro, God. we haven't had that since Danico Ryan. I know. Like, like a, a big linebacker. Yeah. Can, you know, do it all. Danico Ryan's was the last one we had. Or or Jordan Hicks, but he stayed injured. Hicks, maybe, yeah. Right, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? But, you know. Nigel Bradham was decent size. And... But it is it is it's very hard to find that athletic, big linebacker that can, you know, roam the field and go, get sideline to sideline. You no, know, I mean, even, you know, we, we talked about Jabril Cox taking a, a shot on him. Mm-hmm. A, a rangier linebacker who can play in space, but uh, the Cowboys drafted him, and you see that, that it was e- it was it was easy for them to even get rid of uh, what's his name Jalen, mm-hmm. because you yeah. have the, the the linebackers you got coming behind them. I mean, and it only, it only gets harder because of the fact that you let those linebackers slide slide through man to other teams. That's why it gets harder. But we had it. We had literally everything I mean, put on the plate for us to just go ahead and grab, and we missed out on it, man. Well, watching, watching the Cowboys, you know, absolutely ball out with uh, Micah Parsons. That, that's a, that's a guy we kind of we <laughs> talked about. We had our conversations about. We didn't we exactly did. want we to did. do, but we all respected him as a, yeah, uh, a and player. player in this league. Absolutely, and uh, yeah. but yeah, that, that's the type of team that's willing to take a chance on it. And honestly, right now, they're winning because of it. Mm. Yeah, dude. I mean, you, you talk about missing. Uh, Mark says missing the BG, the heart of the defense. You have now, you've now you've you've now lost. In all honesty, you've you've lost one of the leaders um, in Brandon Graham for the defense. You've lost Zach Ertz, one of the leaders on offense as as a, as a leader. Um, who steps up? Who becomes those voices? I know BG obviously from the sidelines can do some of that stuff, but when, when Bullets start flying, you know. It's it's always nice to look over at your, you know, the alpha of the group to get you guys to like, yo, let's do this. Let's like wreck shop. So it's like, man. And um, and I, I hate to throw salt in the wound as well, but I wouldn't be surprised, honestly, if this ends up being Kelsey's last year too. Did you hear? Did you hear? Um, did you hear Zach Ertz in his presser talk about he was talking to another player in the locker room who's about one year away from like, you know, like, why did you come back? Or just because he didn't want to go out the way he did. Mm-hmm. And you're like, all right, who's that dude? Is that that's is that that's Kelsey? It's got to be Kelsey. Yeah. Um, and, and, but you're talking about like those glue guys, the leaders in the locker room. That's going to be another huge loss when Kelsey walks out the door, man. That's another guy yeah, that is the, the one of the heartbeats of this team, just like BJ. Now, Brad, like Brad saying fire sale. Um, YYC Eagles is saying Fletch is next. Uh, Brad follows up with what a contract. The contract's kind of crazy. If he had so. a movable contract, he would have been gone by now. It's like if yeah. we would have, like, what, $70 million in dead cat space between him and Wentz because of the way how we structured it. Yeah, so get that thought. He also has a whole bunch of dummy years, doesn't it? He has a, a dummy year on it? Like two years? I think there's, like, yeah, there's, like, two years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, like, a dummy year. So we'll see. I mean – are we going to talk about? We're going to talk about some positives as we get near to the end of this podcast. Oh, we'll pitch a moon for fifty-eight minutes, and then we'll give you a minute and a half of positivity. Hey, a hey. Are, are we being negative, Nancys or ne- negative, uh, bro? It's I'm, victory Monday is a different no. beast. I'm like, we we caught L on a Monday. We're, we're going to talk about all the things that we that we've seen. We're going to keep it real as we always do here, but um. This is going to be a weekend where you got you got Sunday free. What are you what are y'all doing on Sunday? I'll start with Prime. Uh I'm gonna go do some housework, man. I'm gonna try to stay away from some football. I'm just gonna keep it up, keep up with it on the phone. Yo, I'm like I'm frustrated. Yo, Prime was like, yo, for real, real talk, Sunday, I might sleep. Yeah, I might sleep too. That's all right. that day was. long. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Tim, what'd you do on Sunday? Without Eagles thing. football. See if my see if my daughter will let me do that. <laughs> yeah. 
these 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 three these three can't relate to they yeah, can't relate. Yeah, I yeah. understand. <laughs> dad, d- dad, life. Chris, what are you doing on Sunday? Softball in the morning. Cousin's birthday party. Cousin's bowling birthday party in the afternoon. So. Yeah, Mark said don't he's. Forget, pa- don't forget to change your pampers in the middle of everything. Right? <laughs> Mark said he's packing for Vegas. Um, David says his positives are Devonte and Quez are the truth. If yep. we can get a big body receiver to pair with them, Goddard, Tyree Jackson, and running back are always good. Don't forget yeah, Allen Robinson. I'm, ex- I'm excited for Tyree Jackson, man. <laughs> so, don't, he, don't forget he's back. Is his is his back healed up? Is it is it is, is he? But he should be back this week or next. Can oh, it, it, it was never injured. Can I, can no, I just I mention I just, one yeah, thing? Yeah. yeah. Can I just mention one thing? I mean, David brings out a good point. This is these are all positives. Don't get me wrong. Definitely, I agree. But the positives can easily turn into negatives when these guys get frustrated, man. If we don't get our shit together, if this coaching staff doesn't put a better game plan together, you saw it yesterday. You saw Devontae. He was hot. I mean, damn, dude, this is his rookie season, and he's already hot, all right? So we got to really – we got to think about the other players on this team and keeping their, uh, you know, their mood on, on a steady level because you start I, pissing these guys off, man, they're going to all give up, and you're going to get a lot of requests to get the fuck out of them. I mean, I mean Devontae ain't giving up. I just that, think he's frustrated. I, I agree with Gail. I, th- I think it's, it's – I think you can kind of see the difference between the people that like a guy like Jalen Rager who turns around and snaps back on fans and he'll, you, you know, he'll, he'll go and, and say his piece because he gets all butthurt about what people have to say in his DMS, which they shouldn't be in his DMS regardless, but that's another story. It's going to, it's going to happen. <laughs> man. It's going to happen. happen. Yeah. It, it's, it's What's the product world? of being a Philadelphia athlete. Whereas I think Devonte Smith is more of a guy who is more capable of just turning off the phone and letting that, um, letting that kind of fester in his mind, and charging him up during during workouts and whatnot. I think he he uh, he's got his head on straight. Where I mean, I'm not saying Jalen doesn't, but he's definitely had some uh, things that make me question it. Yeah, bro, you could say he doesn't have his head on straight. I mean, yeah. yesterday after that one play that ended up getting uh, that didn't work out, him and, it looked like him and Jalen had some words on the sideline. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like. Dude, that was all. That was you. Like the ball was there, you didn't catch it. So how are you gonna put it on the quarterback? Yeah. So I mean, come on, man. Yep. Yep. Mm. So Evan, what are you doing on Sunday? Well, I mean, honestly, uh, most of the Sundays during the year, we're we're usually down there tailgating, and as as fun as the tailgates are, it's 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 a lot of work to put those tailgates on. So uh, I'm gonna be enjoying my time chilling on the couch, drinking some beers. Gonna cook up some meats on the grill. Just gonna relax all day and watch football. It's gonna be fantastic. Do nothing. It's my kind of Sunday. Yo, and her, yo, Herm can get down on, on, on grilling and cooking. Yes, so, sir. Man, I Thank wish you. Yesterday I overstepped my boundaries, man. I ended up having two. <laughs> <laughs> he couldn't help himself. <laughs> yeah, I could. I couldn't help myself. I had two. Yo, against the Niners, I tipped him twenty dollars just just because I was like, "Yo, appreciate, appreciate you. you, bro. Appreciate you." Man, <laughs> you know, I will be uh, on Sunday. I'll be going to Rehoboth Beach. Nice, nice. nice. Officially booked. You need it, bro. You need yeah, it. bro. You need it, bro. Uh, I, I I hope uh, you get everything out of that trip that you want. Man, we just we, we need to just. <laughs> I'm I'm gonna look at the water, see with the lady, and just like, yo, I'm not thinking about no Eagles. I'm not thinking about no other teams. We just need a. We just need a. It's it's not a. Uh, when I'm looking at the Eagles, it's like it's not it's not me. It's definitely you. Um, I'll, <laughs> we're gonna take a little break. I'll see you. I'll see you on Monday. You know what I mean. So I mean, overall, I just think um, you know, as as much as the. A rough game it was yesterday and a rough today with Ertz being out the door. Uh, hats, hats off. Uh, we had a great time at the tailgate. Once again, shout out to Bud Light for uh, powering the tailgate. Shout out to Conchi uh, for bringing the tomato pies. Um, we're fires usually. Pies. And even Conchi, even Conchi knew what was up because they put run the ball on our tomato pie. So they, yeah. they know. They know. Shout out to all the people that came to the tailgate um, and had a good time. DJ. Um, 
Yeah, DJ uh, Lowski. DJ Lowski as well. Um, always, always a good time with DJ Lowski. Um, and also NFL UK stopped by the tailgate. Um, they uh, did a little segment down there. Hope, hopefully, the Eagle fans that were at the tailgate had a good time with that. And we also did a message to Brian Dawkins um, for his book, Blessed by the Best. Go check out that book. Very inspirational. Um, but overall, man, I think uh, we have let it all out. We've been there was one full hour of getting something off our chests. Right? You guys feel better? <laughs> I guess that's an adjective I could couch. use. We just need a couch. We just need a couch. <laughs> all lay there, you know, and say how we feel. Hey, shout out to Will. He's in uh, Tucson, Arizona. Shout out to Will. Arizona squatted in. Air squad. AZ. Desert in the house. Oh, man. Um, Why couldn't we get Christian Kirk? Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, it was there. That's the thing. It was there. The issue was, though, they didn't want to give up the pick. They so basically what it was, they were going to, they wanted Zach, they wanted Zach, right? We wanted Christian Kirk. If we wanted Christian Kirk, they were like, well, we're going to give you Christian Kirk. You're going to give us a third. That's what they hey, wanted. M- make it happen, guys. Howie's Come on. No. Howie's like, no. Come on. Or just, or just learn how to dra- draft wide receivers. Imagine, you imagine if we could, and then you could, you could trade Rager, get something <laughs> this back. This guy. <sighs> we, we have officially gone off the rails. Just so uh, you know, that's the final word right there. <laughs> <laughs> that's the last word. Uh, but for me and the boys, uh, we'll see you guys soon. And as always, fly Eagles fly. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.